0: My name is Anthony P. Richards. I'm a pastor and I started this podcast channel to equip, encourage, inspire, and challenge you to passionately live to your potential in Christ through the Word of God. For more information, you can go to my YouTube channel, Anthony P. Richards. Welcome to another day as we journey through the Word of God. And we are continuing our journey through the Gospel of Matthew. Today we're going to be looking at the second half of Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapters 24 and 25 are known as the Olivet Discourse, is where Jesus preached his last message to his disciples before his betrayal, uh, before his death. This is the last week of his time on this planet uh, before he died on the cross. And it's fitting that he's teaching. The disciples about the end times, about him coming back. And as we've navigated through these couple of chapters in conjunction with other scriptures like 1st Thessalonians chapter 4, Revelation chapter 3, and lots of references to the book of Revelation, and even more of them coming up. Revelation chapter 14, Revelation chapter 20, verse uh, chapter 21. We have an understanding of the timeline of what Jesus is talking about for the Jewish people. Matthew's a Jew. He is writing this with a Jewish context and a Jewish lens, and he's allowing the Jewish people to understand what Jesus' requirements of them are going to be in the seven-year tribulation period. Now, they don't know this is coming. They don't know that there's going to be a church era. But Jesus knows. So, when we move on to verse 31, we get on to the topic of, of Jesus talking about the judgment of the nations. Let's read this. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. This is at the end of the seven years. He comes with his angels. Back to earth after seven years of tribulation. Now he's he's told Israel, this is what I'm going to expect of you. Remember, I'm the bridegroom. I'm coming. And I'm going to come. And even though I'm telling you when it when I'm coming, you're still going to be caught off guard. So, verse 32, all the nations, all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats and he will put the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. So, this is a description of the, the future judgment after the, the coming of Jesus, all nations are going to be represented. I don't believe that all people from all the earth are going to be there. I believe there'll be representation from all nations because the nations are the ones that are going to be judged. How are they going to be judged? Based on how they treated Israel in the seven-year period. Now, you have to remember, this is Jesus talking just days before he's about to be crucified. And here he is talking about when the Son of Man comes in glory. And yet he knows he's about to be crucified. And he talks about all the holy angels with him. And yet he's about to be betrayed and have nobody. Only one of the disciples turns up at his crucifixion. And then he talks about sitting on a throne of glory and all the nations being gathered before him and he's going to separate them one from another. Now, this judgment that's going to happen at the end of the seven-year tribulation is a different judgment From the great white throne judgment, which is described in Revelation chapter 20, where, which will be after the millennium. So you've got the seven years, rapture, seven years of tribulation, Jesus comes back for his people, thousand year millennial reign on earth, then the great white throne judgment. If your name is in the book of life at the end of that one thousand years, then you will enter into the new heavens. Now, oh, and the new earth, based, on uh, where you fit from a nation perspective. Now, the judgment of the nations that happens at the end of the tribulation is distinct from the judgment that happens at the end of the millennium for several different reasons. Number one, it happens at a different time. The great white throne judgment clearly happens at the end of Jesus Christ's 1,000-year reign. The judgment of nations in Matthew 25 happens immediately after the, the the return of Jesus. It the two judgments happen in different places. One takes place in heaven, the other one takes place on earth. It's about different subjects. What 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 they're judged on is different. The great white throne judgment of Revelation chapter 20 includes all unredeemed men and women. It's everybody. Where it's it's the final judgment. And the judgment of nations in Matthew 25 at the end of the tribulation period only includes nations, actual nations, and which is Gentiles who are judged on their kindness, their care, and their treatment of the Jewish people, my brethren. The, there's a great possibility that the Jewish people who survive the Great Tribulation, so those who are members of of God's people and they survive the Great Tribulation but still don't acknowledge Jesus Christ as a Messiah, may not be involved in this judgment of nations. So, finally, the two judgments... Happen on a different basis, which is what the following section is all about. Sheep on the right, goats on the left. The Son of Man has the authority to divide humanity in this judgment. And there's only two. Now, I believe Jesus here is speaking of the separation that's going to happen after his. Glorious return at the end of the seven years. By the end of the Great Tribulation, the population of the earth is going to look way different than it does now. Think about this. Let's just say Jesus was to come back today. There's, you know, seven billion people on the planet. Maybe two billion, uh, would be raptured. I don't know what the number would be. Maybe it's one billion, maybe it's, you know, but whatever the number is, it'll be a lot of people gone who profess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. They're caught up. Gone. They're not on the earth anymore. Then you've got the, the, the first three and a half years of, of martyrdom, uh, of the tribulation. You've got the second three and a half years of just incredible death and destruction. So the population of the earth is just going down and down and down. And then you've got Armageddon which is going to destroy a lot of people. And then you've got Jesus' glorious return at the end of the seven-year period. So even even after this, there still be a couple of billion people left on the planet. And among those will be the 144,000 evangelists, which will be 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel who will be evangelists throughout the world talking about Jesus Christ. They're going to stand with the Lamb of God on Mount Zion on his glorious return, Revelation 14. The judgment of nations answers the question of what happens with all the people, those three billion or two billion who make it through to the end of the tribulation. That's what the judgment of nations is all about. Now, let's move on to verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, come you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to the one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. The reward for those who treated the nation of Israel the way Jesus wants them to be treated is that they will be divided as sheep. Now, there's no mention of their faith. There's no mention of their, of a, of a, a forgiveness here. This is how nations treat Israel during the seven year period. So if you're a part of, you make it through the great tribulation, seven year period, which nation you're a part of and how they treated Israel will determine what your millennium is going to look like which will be your, you know, your last opportunity. Now, this is a national judgment. It is not a personal judgment um, at the end of the tribulation. This judgment is based on the moral kindness of nations to Israel. That's why it's important for nations to be supportive of Israel. Um, the nations who treat Israel well will have a favoured position in the millennial reign of Christ. Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. It's a very clear distinction between this judgment of nations and the final great white throne judgment in Revelation 20, which is based on whether or not your name is in the book of life or not. That's it. It's individual. The judgment of Nations in Matthew chapter 25 On the humane treatment of Israel Is what nations will be judged How did you treat the Jewish people? Now This is going back To what God said to Abraham In Genesis chapter 12 I will bless those who bless you And I will curse those who curse you That's a covenant that he made with Abraham God has not changed that covenant So there, there has to be a way For it to be fulfilled And I believe this is how it's going to be fulfilled. Verse 41. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and you, and, and did not minister to you? And then he will say and answer them, assuredly I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So the charge against the lost ones do not concern any obvious moral violation, but their indifferent attitude towards the Jewish people. In the tribulation, the indifference of nations, of how they treat Israel, is going to seal their fate. And throughout this chapter, the point is emphasized over and over and over. The price of indifference is too high to pay for nations and for people. So in the tribulation, people cannot afford afford to be indifferent to Jesus and his people because he's going to come back seven years later after the rapture and judge the nations based on what they did with his people. So, depart from me, you cursed, in the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Jesus very clearly points out, that there's a place prepared for the devil and his angels. And you can only go there because you have willingly cast your lot with the devil and his angels. Spurgeon said this, some very tough words. I mean, this this passage is is brutal if you're on the wrong side of it. Spurgeon said, those who rejected Jesus had joined the devil in refusing allegiance to the Lord. So it was right that imitating The devil's rebellion, they should also share in his punishment. So, that's what's going to happen to those people. Those nations who have rejected Israel during that tribulation period. It's it's not going to be good for them. I don't know whether any of their people from those nations will make it into the millennium. um, Just because they're alive. I don't know um there are, there are a lot of things I'm not going to tell you I know everything I can I, I, you nobody does we, we just do our best to rightly divide the word of truth that's all so there'll be everlasting fire and everlasting punishment which means it, it doesn't ever stop. You, you, you'll find a lot of people will say, well, I think it only goes for a little period of time. And then, and then God, you know, at the end of the thousand years, it'll stop. And, but the, the Greek word means eight, for the ages means it never stops. And they both, the words everlasting and the word internal both, uh, translate the exact same ancient Greek word, which means life forever. And that's what's going to happen. The guilty will suffer eternal torment and weeping and gnashing of teeth forever, no end. Equally, those who inherit eternal life, it's going to be something that lasts forever. Um, For those who survive the great tribulation, entrance into the millennial kingdom is the gateway for them to eternal life because they haven't died yet. So they've been alive when the rapture, they're, they could be alive today. They're alive today. Let's just, let's just play it out. They're alive today. The rapture comes and then they make it through the next seven years and they're still alive, but they haven't accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And their nation was judged as one that was kind to Israel. So for all intents and purposes, they will make it through to the millennium, which means there'll be a thousand year rule and reign of Christ on the earth before the final great white throne judgment. In that 1,000 years, those people who are still alive will have an opportunity to act in a way that is righteous before God by accepting Jesus Christ. That will be the only way they can have their name written in the Lamb's book of life so that when the great white throne judgment comes around at the end of the 1,000 years, they will be able to enter into a secure eternity with their Heavenly Father. See, I understand that there's a lot in this. And it's good for us to know it. It's good for us to have an understanding of Jesus' preparation of his disciples for the end times. Ultimately, what it means for you and for I is that we want to be saved. And if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, for you confess with your mouth that he is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, Romans 10, 9 and 10, you will be saved. So then you won't have to be concerned about the great tribulation and the millennium. When Jesus comes back for his church, you will be raptured. And I want as many people to be a part of that as possible. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to delve into your word, Lord, to try our best to rightly divide what it is that you are telling us about the end times. Father, I pray, Lord, that we would take all these things in. We'd we'd ponder them in our hearts. And it would give us a renewed sense of urgency to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible, as quickly as possible. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening. For more content, please don't forget to check out my YouTube channel, Anthony P. Richards. Have a great day.